And now, for the past month of paranormal news, yeah. the media is your host, with Ashley Hall, Tom McIntosh, and now, Billy Zagopoulos. Let us get on with the show. Right now. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the Ghost Box, where we chat about the paranormal, strange, and weird news that has taken place over the past month. I'm Ashley Hall, and with me as always is... Tan McIntosh. Spilios Zagopoulos. And we have quite a show for you as we delve into life after death, vampires, human sacrifice, and maybe a little more. As always, there will be some adult themes and some questionable language, so if you have sensitive ears, take this as your warning. Guys, how you going? It's been a while. It's been a month, as it always is, a month it between has. shows. Yeah. What's, what's been going on? So... I think the, the the first person we're going to catch up with here right now is Phil's because for the previous two shows you've been talking about going to Bali and now you've finally been went to Bali. You went to Bali. Oh. You had your holiday. You had it set. Your, your heart set up for months. You've done it. How'd you go? Well, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> okay, that's good. Bali itself is amazing. Yep. Uh, people are amazing, but I got sick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that kind of fucked the whole uh, day. Where you did d- you catch that? <laughs> eating a rare steak. You idiot. I know. So, But we're planning on going back. To be honest, when you say I got sick, I say that's an understatement. I got a bit of E. coli. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So for those that don't know about E. coli, it's a bacteria. It's a type of food poison. Basically, you get it from eating shit. <laughs> yes. So the only thing I could put it down to is a bit of steak I ate. So obviously someone touched their ass and then my food. Um <laughs> That's pretty much it. So I got pretty ill. That's just um, bad luck, yeah. isn't it? Now, you say so pretty ill. Every two days, yep. quarantined, all that sort of stuff. Yep. He says he got That's pretty hilarious. ill, but he's messaged me saying, I might need surgery in Bali, man. Tell us your doctor, your hospital experience okay. is fantastic. So I'll start at the beginning. So I wake up one morning and I wasn't feeling well, a bit nauseous, and things were flowing freely. It's probably the best way of describing it. So that was that. And I sort of thought, bit of barley belly. So continue on with the day. And as the day got on, I started to feel like it was really tender in one certain spot of my stomach, the upper uh, abdomen. Anyway, to the point where you'd, I'd put my fingers on my upper ad- abdomen and it, it was, I was pretty much bending over in pain. Mm. So I thought, that's not normal. Never had that issue. So ring the office or the the front desk of the villa we were staying at. And off I go to hospital. So they take me to this hospital. And it was, you know, your cliche, 50s, 60s type hospital, green walls. Everything's um, curved structures, are they? or Yeah, but it yeah. was dark green walls with yeah. timber trimmings and those sorts of things and it was clean but you know you'd have the rackety ceiling fan just flying around it was cliche anyway (laughs) go in um doctor checks me over have a blood test and then like we'll do an ultrasound so i go have an ultrasound and while i'm having my ultrasound i've got my top off three little kids run in the radiologist's like oh they're my children you know (laughs) I was like, okay, yeah. So they're walking around, running around, playing games while I'm lying on this bed getting an ultrasound. And he's like, it's your gallbladder. I think you got gallstones. 
So waited around for another 40 minutes, go see the doctor. And he's like, yep, come back Monday. Surgeon's not here. We'll take out your gallbladder. (laughs) (laughs) So go go back to the villa and then... Ring the insurance because it's travel insurance. Ring them and they're like, "Do not get operated on in Bali." <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was that. So flew back to Australia three, four days later, and um, lucky I didn't get my gallbladder removed. Let's yeah, put it that way. Oath. Oh man, yeah, that, that was that was harrowing. Like thing like you might be getting surgery. I think we're not going to get spills. So I'm going to have to find a third host. Even phonus to do a ghost box. It was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> You're lying in this hospital thinking, okay, they're going to operate on me. And then I was actually quite comfortable. I thought, okay, if they operate, big deal. Yeah. People must get operated on every day over there, surely. Yeah. But um, ringing the insurance company, they pretty much said, do not get operated on at that hospital in particular. And they gave me the details to another another hospital and tests and et cetera, et cetera. So... In the end, I just gave up and thought, well, wait till we get back to Australia. So you didn't wow. come back early? No. Nah. No. Nah. <laughs> how, how long How long were you in excruciating pain? Like a week you, yeah, you were sick I for there? Got crook on the Saturday. We flew back on the Tuesday night. And I started coming good the following Friday. Far out, man. Yeah. It was crazy. But although you were laid up. For all that time, you did manage to do one of the things you wanted to do over there. I did. Tell us about so, that. This is what cool. was awesome was, so <laughs> last podcast, I think, I was going on about these masks I want to get. So I think it was on the Monday. It was. It was the Monday. So day before we were going to fly out, and I was like, I have to get a mask in Bali. That was the main thing I wanted to do. Fuck it. So got our driver. <laughs> yes. Um, and he drove us out to a place called Ubud, uh, oh, which is probably 45 minutes to an hour out of out of um, Denpasar. And whilst there, going to one wood museum sort of thing, it was very touristy, you know, rows and rows of the same sort of carvings and those sorts of things, like yeah. mass, produ- mass <clears throat> produced. And um, had a look in there and I thought, no, I don't really want to buy anything in here. I want something traditional. So, lucky the driver could speak Indonesian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, he asked a couple of the locals around there and they pretty much told him where to go. So, we ended up down this dirt track pretty much in the middle of nowhere sort of nice. thing. And, and these little huts lined up and basically there was this little stall front open. So, basically when they shut at night, they, they leave it there all night sort of thing. And there's all these masks. So I ended up getting one. Insane. <laughs> proper. And you got it back. So it's proper. It's got human hair, animal hair, the whole lot. It's nuts. And this was, you got to meet the guy that made it too. It wasn't just yeah, a touristy yeah. kind yeah. of mass-produced knockoff. This was it like was, a one-off. So it, was, it was basically a family home. So their family homes over there aren't just one house. It's got five or six houses in the property. Hmm. And they're only probably the size of you know, a bedroom. Okay. Each house, um, and they house the uncles, aunties, grandparents, those sorts of things. They have a family temple as well, so we got to go in the family temple. Awesome, which was pretty cool. Oh wow! But I didn't get any photos of it, which is I can't believe it. I was feeling pretty shit though, so 
Yeah, and someone that's keen on photography, that that just shows the state of mind. You must yeah, have been in much. just kind of dragging your soul through the countryside of Bali, trying yeah. to track down one of these masks. And so, you got it back, and there was no problems at all. Just fumigation, yeah, so anything? I, and I, oh, well, so we got back to the villa. I ended up using, like, pretty much three quarters of a can of fly spray all over it just to kill any bugs. <laughs> and then um, declared it on the way back through and got through customs. Wow. So, pretty cool. That's excellent. And we didn't get one, Ash. No, look, next time <laughs> I go, um, we're, going, we're looking at going back in March. I like the fact that he's keen to go back within, like... Six months, dude. I've got antibodies to E. coli now, so I've got to use <laughs> you'll up. be fine. Let's just hope uh, the rest of uh, well, your partner doesn't cop any of it this time because, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, bad luck about getting sick, but awesome about fighting that mask. It's nuts. We'll have to post a photo of it, absolutely. Get, get us a photo and we'll post it up alongside this podcast. So, another thing, um, our driver. So, the night we flew in uh, at the villa. Usually the villa picks you up. They obviously had other people flying in. So they contract in a, a driver. So we get this driver and his name was Skiffy, Skippy. Top guy. Awesome, yeah. dude. He really is. Really oh, nice guy. <laughs> he's, he's pretty much going to be a lifelong friend now. Like, yeah. We got along so well. And um, while we were driving, we were talking, you know, just general conversation. And we um, spent probably three or four days hanging out with him. And he ended. He was the um, pub manager of Paddy's Pub during. So the Bali bombings. He was at the pub when the pub was bombed, which is. Quite he was the manager of it. He was the yeah. manager. So he was on the second floor when it got bombed. He got blown off the second floor. Ended up getting medevac to Australia. Got treated here and and then taken back. So it was just quite interesting how. Yeah, yeah it's really really interesting. Absolutely. So, so if you ever go to Bali and you're looking for a driver, oh, Skippy, Skippy, good plug. Yeah, right into us. We'll put you in contact with Spills. He can, he can put Pretty you in much. contact. The dude's awesome. He is <laughs> just. Well, really and he knows where to get the masks now. Exactly so right. There you go. Excellent. That's the hot lead. So, cheers, Tan. How have you been doing? Past month, have you done anything? Not paranormal. Interesting? Not paranormal. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I've been busy working. You haven't been sick, need surgery. I been sick, didn't no. need surgery. Excellent. But I did go for a little jaunt and buy another car. <laughs> <laughs> Just happened now, to you are the, you are the master car. of spontaneity. And, I know, and if right? this was very much illustrative of yeah, that. Yeah, so I fact. was I was in a in the market sort of I've always been in the market for an old sort of cruiser and one that I used to own came on the market and the owner spoke to me and I thought, mm, he's going to want too much. So I went on to car sales and <laughs> started searching through what I could find under 20000 And all of a sudden, it was too many pages. So I got to page 40 and went, hang on, I'm going to narrow it down by colour. So I went to pink, as you do. And there was only one. And I thought, oh, that looks all right. So um, I test drove an orange one here Thursday night. Friday night, I found another one online. Saturday morning, I drove it back from Melbourne. <laughs> so you flew... You book, woke up in the morning, booked a flight to Melbourne and flew there and drove the car back? No, I'd booked a flight the night before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I, got the, I got 
the RACV inspection. I yeah. went, yep, cool, I'm coming home. So I'm currently driving a lovely car without number plates on it. But you mentioned you looked for a pink one. You ended up with a red one, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's happening? You're spying well, half that. the price. <laughs> Can I just say, I prefer the red one to the pink one. Do you? Yeah. Uh, you really? Yeah. Because I think the pink one would come with a Ken doll. No. <laughs> She wants the Ken doll in the passenger seat. I want the Ken doll. I totally reckon candy pink car yeah. for Tarn seemed to match her. Yeah, I think that'd be perfect for me. Be really incognito, you know. Yeah. Wouldn't see me there anywhere. And it's a convertible. And it's a convertible. It's weird, like she pushed a button and the roof started coming out. Like, oh, it's going to change into Bumblebee or something. <laughs> Looks like a transformer when it started to get going. Mattel make all the cool stuff. <laughs> Barbie sports Corvette convertible exactly <clears throat> well, what have you been doing Ash you're just getting ready to go to the Oz Paranormal and Spiritual Expo later this month I'm going there because you know it is a day of paranormal shopping education and fun I've been to the last two and they've been such great days I'm still debating whether I'll make it to this year but now I know that you're going to be you know, with the mic, I might make the special effort to Oh, come great. You'll come along and give me some <laughs> grief. But, yeah, so you've been twice. I, I went not last year but the year before. So this will be, I believe, the fourth year the Expo's on, organised by Pete Banks from the Australian Paranormal Phenomenal Investigators and her crew of, I'm going to just say cronies. Oh, they're <laughs> Helpers, fantastic. volunteers, they're all great the guys. Orange the orange shirts. If, if you see them, if you go there, see an orange shirt, say, say great. Awesome, thank you. But yeah, absolutely, Pete. Thanks for um, organising this. But yeah, so last year, you went along to the expo. You, and we've I won talked about this. to Paracon this year, remember? But yeah, see, look, it was like a two-header for you. But how yeah. do you find the expo? So, you know, just, just the general format of the expo, which is, you know, a lot of stalls and there's workshops oh, you can go to. And there's all see. the great people that are just there to talk and everyone's yeah. just open. It's one of those, you know, you don't feel bad walking in there you can talk to anyone and everyone wants to talk and chat and of course then there's all the great things they put in the theater oh yes all Mitchell the speakers Coombs and yeah, who's been there i believe every year and is going to be there again this year yeah. as well and they showed that awesome dvd last year do you know what they're showing this year um i'm not sure there's a whole bunch of good stuff well yeah i'll hopefully have a piece of paper with me but yeah. but it's not just about the speakers but it's, there's also the stalls there, there's i'm not sure how many stalls there'll be this year it's kind of steadily growing and all the readers the... just go get a booking go get a reading done but the stalls what kind of things i'm not entirely sure what there's going to be this year but what kind of things did you find well, last previous year you've had lots of um you've been able to buy lots of equipment and t-shirts candles books there's always a I'm, and food there's was, always great food there but yeah so just basically a massive range of paranormal and spiritual and and, and occult knickknacks and and things and plus there'll, there'll be stalls so you can learn about other tools and stuff that are happening as well as appy themselves representing you can learn all about what they do with their work their investigations and of course their tours so you're not entirely sure you're going to go? Not 100% yet. Well, I hope I'll see you there. And if not, I hope to see some of our listeners. It's pretty simple. You go there on the 24th of September to the Kasula Powerhouse Art Centre, which is in New South Wales. Five bucks general entry gets you access to the stalls, gets you to where you can go book some psychics, and you can also purchase individual tickets to see the workshops you want to. Or the best way to do it is the VIP Package, $100 gets you access to 
all of the speakers. You get priority seating. You, of course, get to see um, all the stalls and exclusive access to a special VIP area, which will have an information desk and some nibbles and refreshments. So the VIP package is kind of like the red carpet treatment to go see the Australian Paranormal and Spiritual Expo. Once again, hope to see many of you there. Watson Tarn's box, obviously everybody's favourite part of the show, I think, I don't know, I guess. I enjoy it. And last last month you had something in your box. You gave us a bunch of clues which were... Okay, so last month's clues were... Elvis sings about one. Yes. Fiverr has four of them. Yes. And beware the cross-eyed man. Now, I don't know about the rest of the listeners, but that just, just seems like a whole bunch of nonsense to me. Um, and we, me and Spills gave, a, gave our best shot. What did you, what'd you I guess, I can't Spills? even remember. You guessed a car. It was like a that's car, right, or yeah, re- like right. a car or something. I guessed a dollar twenty-five. I guessed a dollar And some of the people online also threw in their guesses. Some people guessed, well, one person guessed the same as me, a dollar twenty-five. Um, a bunch of people could not fathom the clues whatsoever. <laughs> they were just like, what, what are you talking about? But one person said, named Sally, said, well, she's ignored the clues. She's used her psychic intuition to take a guess. And our third official guess for what's in Tarn's box is teapot. Okay. <laughs> so how, how, how do we go? Mm. So is it I a replica car? I singing about a teapot. Okay. He probably didn't t- sing about $1.25 either. But You're right. What was in your box, Tarn? Okay. Spit it. So it was quite cryptic. If, is it yes. A car? Is it a car? <laughs> it's not a car. No, it's a a rabbit's foot. A rabbit's really? foot. Really? <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, okay, just so like we know, you just did not put nonsense together to make it absolutely okay. impossible for people to guess. How the hell do those clues? Okay. So Elvis sings a song called "Good Luck Charm" and talks about a rabbit's foot in it. Okay. Where? Fair now, enough. Um, a fiver has four of them. Fiverr is actually a character in a book called Watership Down, and he's a rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) Now, but the most important one is one of the theories behind a rabbit's foot being lucky is if the rabbit is shot in a cemetery on a full moon on Friday the 13th by a cross-eyed man. (laughs) Wow. How the fuck are we supposed to guess that? Well, that, that's why it would have been... If people had guessed that one, I'd go... Psychic. That person's psychic all the way. So I guess we don't have to fork for postage on that yeah, one. No. Absolutely not. What, okay, so you got yourself a lucky sort. So what's going on this time? So we can actually see your box on the table, and it, it looks swollen. It's engorged. It's yes. not entirely clothed. What Clothed, whatever it shut. is. It will not shut all the way. So it is a larger object. You'll see that in the photo I put up with this podcast. Clues. Okay. Now, because you guys are not doing so well at my clues. (laughs) Okay, we're going to easy mode now, (laughs) beginner mode. We're going to drop it down. Okay, good. Okay, so the three clues this time are... It's a symbol found on a flag. Gorilla Homeland. And Ozzy has one and Kelly has two. How the fuck are they simple, Tom? Simple would be. How are they easy? This is blue. Yeah, it's blue. It's square. square. That's no fun. It's it's a blue metal toaster. I tell you what. Next month I'll do something completely. No, let's see. Someone may guess. We don't know, but okay. So because if we do eventually guess it, 
You're going to feel like we've accomplished everything. I, I hope when I guess it's something cool that I get to keep. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe sell on for a profit. Um, but as what's in Tarn's box this month, I really have no idea. Um, gorillas, again? gorillas, flags, and Aussie and Kelly. Gorillas homeland. <laughs> Aussie has one. <clears throat> Kelly has two. Balls. <laughs> and symbol found on a flag. Come on, give it your best guess. I really can't think of something that takes all of that in. Come on. I'm going to say bongo drum. I'm going to I'm going to join <laughs> A miniature one. I'm going to join Spills and if that ha- ha- Okay, we know bongo drums are huge. Yeah. Are we allowed to hold the box? No. No, I, well, I, well, I'm going to go with you because it could, I guess, theoretically fit some of the clues. Um, putting it out to the people, take your best guess as to what's in Tan's box. Like I said, it, the box does not close all the way this time. And those clues, one final... Oh, really? One final time, yes. Okay, so the clues are symbol found on a flag, gorilla homeland... Ozzy has one, Kelly has two. What flag has bongo drum spills? <laughs> drum. Just, hey, are there any flags? I'm going to Google. No, I'm not allowed to Google, am I? Ah, look, we best move on. That's that's uh, Tarn's box. So previous item was a lucky rabbit's foot that no one even came close to guessing. Very upsetting. I thought everyone would get that. And this time on easy mode, the clues still seem rather quite cryptic. Thank you very much, Tarn, for easy putting mode. it all together. <laughs> On to our news stories. Okay. So the first article tonight. I stumbled across this one again on my Facebook feed. Good job. Um, <laughs> it was actually on a mainstream media website, which is unusual for something this controversial, I guess. Yep. Um, life after death confirmed by experts. That's the, the headline. Um so there was a study in the UK by uh, British scientists of more than 2,000 people and they confirmed that thought uh, persists after death, pretty much. And um, they, prior to this, this study, they believed that after 30 seconds our brain would cease um, to think and, and process thoughts and those sorts of things. Yeah. But what they found is um, in some of these people three minutes after they had been declared dead, they were still having thoughts and, and could recollect um, information once they were brought back so, to life. So, hang on, hang on. What's the point of death then? At which point are we dead? So, what doctors... So, basically, we're dead when our heart stops. That That's the medical and, and brain activity ceases. Mm. Um, but they're not, they're not connected necessarily. No, so, you, you're getting oxygen pumping into your brain as soon as the brain starves of oxygen that's when the brain shuts down pretty much or but within three seconds or whatever yeah, they were saying but yeah. what they're finding but is, up to three minutes now yeah what they're finding is up to three minutes later <laughs> people are still having thoughts so with one one of the um the people involved in the study um they pretty much say he passed away three four minutes later they revived him but he could re- recollect every single. Wow! So, so what exactly? When they say they can recollect, what are, what type of things they recollect? And so, are they, is it so sights he, or they're hearing things? Or yeah, so he he could basically. So, this gentleman's recount was the classic: hovering above the bed, could see medical staff, okay, um, doctors working on him, those sorts of things. 
could hear the conversations they were having, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but what the scientists did was go back to each of the nurses that were in the in the theatre or, or the room at the time, the doctors, um, and they verified the whole lot. So oh, wow. that's what I found was interesting. The other thing was, so some people had no recollection at all uh, okay. of, of anything afterwards. <clears throat> um, what they put that down to was possibly the drugs they were on, um, the memory because of the trauma, blocking mm-hmm. out those thoughts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, a lot of people reported a feeling, huge feeling of fear, Ooh. which is yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what you don't want to hear. <laughs> and some people reported that out of body, uh, watching doctors work on them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. My question though is, say if one of us touch wood had a um, near-death experience, near-death experience mm-hmm. and we saw something... So say our, our near-death experience was fear, right? Or, you know, we saw flames and hell and et cetera, et cetera, <laughs> yep. whatever. Would we come back and tell the, our loved ones of that experience? Ah. Okay, so... okay. So, so if we were to see a vision that would not equate to a positive, blissful afterlife yep. experience or yep. conducive to one, would you but hide would it rather from your loved ones? So they wouldn't have that same fears or anxieties. I, I don't know. Are, are you asking this? And oh, well, to answer that first, would would you? So I got a question would about I, that. Would I share? My experiences? Hell yeah. Even if they were scary and yeah. you might, you yeah. know, I'm going, it looked like hell or what, you know, let's just use that for an example, a stereotypical version of hell or some sort of limbo that was negative. Of course and that I exists, would. Of course yeah. I would. Yeah. Why would you want to not share that? Um, but this... But... Could cause the anxiety if you, you know, if you have an elderly auntie that's sick or... But I think or... that part of the fear... Right, that people would be feeling is the I don't actually want to die. But they're so, already dead. This is the thing. So in this study, they're actually already dead. It's not a near death experience. It's an after death experience. So the doctors have de- declared them dead, mm-hmm. and these are the the afterthoughts. Once but if they're been, dead, they're dead. They can't come back and been, tell that's, us about that's it. That's the point of the article. They've, they've <laughs> so only their people. hearts have stopped, is what you're saying. Oh, Brain activity so, stopped. The whole lot. So basically, the medical reading this article, 20 to 30 seconds of the heart stopping doesn't resume again. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry. Brain ceases function within 20 to 30 seconds of the heart stopping. All right. So these people have gone on for extended periods of death. So they're being revived, those sorts of things. So brain activity ceased, yet they can still recount, recollect things that have been <coughs> happening. What, what was the percentage of people did say that were experiencing fear? It was a large percentage, um, wasn't it? it was like yeah, a, it was a large. So did you ask that question related to fear, thinking that maybe everyone's experienced that, but some people might be holding that back from reporting that for the very same fact that you brought that question up for, that here, they wouldn't want to... So the exact wording is around half of the study's respondents said their experience not, was not one of awareness, but fear. Okay. That's over half. Mm. So over a thousand people had... While they're dead, experience this intense fear and... That is interesting because when you, when you look at kind of a classic near-death experience research and that you, you get a you read 
a lot of um, positive experiences, the tunnels of light and seeing the loved ones and all that kind of thing. It's all positive and looking forward to it or whatever. There might be kind of an anxiety about leaving the life behind by a lot of people stay. But this, this study basically turns out on its head and says, well, this scientific study, not a, I don't want to say pseudoscientific study, but I will, but as, you know, compared to a pseudoscientific study, we're showing fear rather than bliss and That's right. all this positive spirituality kind of aspect of things. Well, the article actually says that this is significant since it's often been assumed that experience in relation to death are likely hallucinations or illusions occurring either before <clears throat> the heart stops or after the heart has been successfully restarted. But you think about what happens when you get starved of oxygen and that can make you hallucinate and have illusions and <clears throat> things. So maybe that's what it's about. Well, okay, if, if, they're, if they're hallucinating in that, then, but those hallucinations are corroborated by the doctors and nurses they're offering. I'm saying, well, those are experiences of things that did happen. That's not a hallucination then. I mean, his um, <laughs> consciousness and awareness appeared to occur during a three-minute period when there was no heartbeat. Do you reckon there's something, and this is something I was thinking of when you, when you said that you are going to bring up this article. I was thinking, is that something they could put in the emergent well not necessarily emergency rooms but also in operating theatres that they could I'm thinking like a scoreboard right and it puts up symbols so if someone does claim back and does say I had these near death experiences if that's something that they can focus on and something that happens at random almost say well I saw these symbols and they can go back at the time say well those are the order the symbols were shown in or whatever yeah, it's things like that there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting things they could do experimentally that oh, would, would show, you know, rather than, you know, I heard the nurse say, shit, we're losing him. Well, if someone's dying, they're probably always saying stuff like that, you know. <laughs> so something completely random that's not relevant to what's there going okay. on by saying they so can an experience. So as someone is being wheeled into a theatre or into a resuscitation sort of area, we should be saying to them, look, if you think you might die, could you just watch the screen? And if we can revive you, we want to know what came up on the screen. Well, 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 yeah, you could do that. But the fact <laughs> is, like, you hear a lot of near-death experiences when they're having these hour-body experiences. They, they, they describe it like they're intensely... Um, they're very intensely interested to what's happening around them, and that might be just something else that they can see. It's not like you don't tell them that's what we want you to do if you die, because you're not going to say, if you die, this is this. But it's just an extra thing you can have there in place. Yeah. So, would you tell your family and your friends and your loved ones? Oh, yeah. I don't really care. <laughs> I'll tell you all. I don't know but... if I would. Oh, really? I don't know if I would. Yeah. Tell yeah. us why. Because what if that experience was just related to you and it could potentially impact <clears throat> on their thoughts for the rest of their life until they passed away? And they thought that's... What if, what if the, uh, let's say the afterlife is real, but it's not anything that's preconceived. It is basically what your thoughts are of it at death. And then you've put that imprint of hell into everybody's go. mind at the time of death. And then everyone's just sending themselves to hell. That's Interesting thought. <laughs> you never know. I don't know. You never know Do with this stuff. they say thoughts become reality? There you go. So maybe. So me and Tan are happy to send people to purgatory. Yep. <laughs> You're like, we'll, we'll try to hold off. I'll, I'll take that solo. I'll take this one for the team. Yeah, you're going to have to see this <laughs> yeah. one out, Yeah. All right. So the article that I found this month is called, well, it's titled, I Just Want to Be Treated Like Everyone Else, 
Meet the Blackburn vampire who sleeps in a coffin and drinks blood. Hmm. So this article is um, about a 25-year-old man who's renamed himself Darkness Vlad Tepes. Tepes, yeah. <laughs> and he um, has been living as a vampire for about 13 years, but there was not an issue until recently when he went into a pub with some mates and um, obviously dressed a little bit differently to everyone else and he copped some abuse. So <clears throat> the abuse was um, how were you raised, um, those sort of things um, thrown at him and he was most put out. So he's come out quite openly and there's newspaper articles all round about him saying, I just want to be left alone, which I think is a little bit ironic in itself. So he then openly goes on to talk about... Um, how he drinks cow and pig blood and substitute human blood. That's um, what I want. What is substitute human blood? Probably plasma. No. No, he needs a... Well, Coconut I don't know what he needs from Water? It. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is a substitute human? I'm, Red cordial. Yeah. Maybe that knows. stuff you get at the joke shop. I wine. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I wouldn't drink Maybe the joke stuff. Maybe he chews on capsules. I don't know. Wine, the blood of Christ. But nice. he said he's not affected by, by sunlight and he's um he can eat garlic quite easily. Um, but he talks in here about how he um joined and became... He was walking his dog one day in the forest and he came across some girls that were all dressed up So and he had to leave. So he then went back later and ended up joining their little crew and they accept him and it's quite interesting that he sleeps in a coffin yeah he's six foot six which i'm impressed about for but his but his coffin is only six foot seven and or his something coffin's only six foot seven there ain't no room to stretch your feet in that thing so no in all honesty that's what the guy wants to do let him do it not yeah, absolutely. Anyone. But I like how it's like, leave me alone. I just want to be yeah, treated like everyone else. But I'm going to talk openly about <clears throat> my fetishes. Yeah, but I, I think I think that article's got a lot to do with about discriminating against different people, and just because someone looks different or dresses different doesn't mean they're a shit person. Do you know what mm. I mean? <clears throat> and he was judged based on just the way he was dressed. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. shitty to go it to is. a pub or somewhere you want to chill out and, you know, he's probably in a booth or just at the bar having a drink with some friends and then someone to, you know, make you feel uncomfortable about who you are. You he should have slit their throats and drank their fucking <laughs> blood. Then he wouldn't much. have to have substitutes. <laughs> oh, my God. That, 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 that's how, that's, that, yeah, that's how you get people to leave you alone. <laughs> it's like cutting throats and drinking. No, but, but in all seriousness, look, if that's what he wants to do, let him do He's not harming anyone. No. So... My question to you guys. Yeah. If you were a vampire. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, if. In if. And somebody was paying you out about how you looked in a public environment, would you go and be interviewed and have articles written about you and put online? Well, well it doesn't have to be a vampire if you were kind of any kind of, I guess, well, not taboo, but kind of... I'll say fringe culture alternative. or alternative. Co- well, not even alternative because there's a lot, but there's not a lot of yeah. people getting around so openly saying I'm a vampire, I drink blood. But if you're part of like a real fringe culture like that, and if you wanted to be left alone and didn't want people to know about you, yeah, you probably wouldn't put it out there. Like you, you, you kind of, well, that does two things. If you're kind of, 
what people do is if you're trying to hide something, not put it out there, that's when people try to attack you for it if you're not trying to own it. But if you own who you are and put it out, this is what I am, and you don't give the people the power to kind of take that secrecy and make it public through mocking you, I do this all the time. I give myself shit totally. Yeah. Because it takes power away from yeah, people. Yeah, that's right. So, and, you know, I'm not saying people need to give themselves shit if they're part of an alternative lifestyle, but if you put by putting it out there, you're kind of owning it. And, you know, people have kind of less power over you to, to hurt you and bother you with that, I guess. So, yeah, if you ever see me it's being completely way, yeah. self-deprecating, that's, that's why. It gives me the power. <laughs> or usually he does it to, so I lay off him. Yeah. I don't, I, don't like, I don't like to give spills too much ammo. I like to shoot myself with <laughs> yeah, it. <right>. But, <laughs> Good one, Dad. <laughs> yeah, but, but vampires are interesting because I've, I've talked about vampires before on a podcast a long, long, long time ago, and we did a bit of research. And there's quite a lot of people that are getting around living like vampires, but... Very, very, very small minority of them have the the blood style of things. So the drinking of pig's blood. Or in these cases, a lot of them they'll have blood donors where it'll be their partner doesn't mind them, you know, making a little cut on their arms so they can feed off them or whatever. But yeah, I find it interesting that he's gone to that blood level. So a lot of them are just energy vampires or yeah, psychic yeah. vampires, things like that. There's even in the vampire, one of the vampire codices that it's, you know, it's against the rules now to drink human blood so it's interesting that he came straight out and said that that he is drinking pigs and cows blood but i guess well but how do you buy that stuff i just know the butcher i suppose yeah but what about just think about that can't be good for you especially pig's blood contains so much because it's so similar to us you know we You know, we use a lot of, uh, or we used to use to go a lot to an of abattoir. You couldn't get it. At <coughs> yeah, but pig's shop. blood is actually really, really not good yeah, for yeah, you yeah. at all. I know. It's so yeah, much like, bacteria. I'd like, that's what I would like to know. You know, if there's anybody listening who is a vampire and is drinking either cows or pigs or some animal's blood, what are you doing to that blood to process and make sure? Of course, we're thinking about this on human terms or vampire terms, of course. But, you know, if you're a, van- a human vampire, I don't know, hybrid do or whatever. Boil it? Do you boil it? Or what? Or is the fact you're a vampire makes it, whoop, makes it, makes it cool. <laughs> makes it cool and it's not going to hurt you. I don't know. Maybe you die and just come back in the morning. I don't know. Every time you feed. But, yeah. Too many questions. Vampires. We need, we need to know a vampire. We do. We do. We do, yeah. We do. I'd really like to meet a vampire. All right. If anyone, if anyone <laughs> listening is a vampire or lives with the vampire lifestyle, get on. I reckon I'd like to interview about your yeah. um about your lifestyle. Whoever you are, confidential. Yeah, absolutely. We don't have to get your name out there. That that would be interesting. But yeah, that, that yeah, interesting. Fine time. Leave me alone. I'm a vampire. <laughs> but I've just put it out there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, going from vampires to um human sacrifice now now cern the european organization for nuclear research um recently a video has come out of there probably only about a week two weeks old which showed an alleged human sacrifice being filmed out in one of their kind of courtyards courtyards, i guess yeah so this video if you um, click on the link of course all the articles we're talking about tonight you'll find the, the links 
with this podcast. But if you go to that link, you'll see the video. That's the very first thing you should do is watch that video because that's what we're going to talk about largely. We've already all t- um, seen it. What do you, before we talk about anything else to do with what CERN has said or what the public is saying, what do you think about the video itself? So just a brief rundown of just a description. It shows a bunch, it's, it seems to be either filmed from an office or an apartment that's adjoined to that courtyard yep. or overlooks it. <clears throat> there's a, a big statue of the Hindu deity Shiva, and there's people around yep. the front of it in robes. Someone walks out the front, disrobes. It's obviously a woman. She lays on the ground, and then what looks like a knife is pulled out of the robes of another one of these. Um, participants and allegedly stabs her or something along those lines and then the person that's filming kind of freaks out, freaks out and then runs off and that's it yep. end of footage <clears throat> just that what what do you guys think illuminati <laughs> illuminati you're just going illuminati Straight out, illuminati <clears throat> okay yep. the illuminati in CERN so enacting CERN human sacrifice that is where the hadron collider is the large hadron collider which has caused a lot of conspiracy people and a lot of people that are into these kind of dark things you know maybe they're going to be opening portals and stuff to other worlds or black holes so so you think maybe it's all linked to what i found interesting about this video <laughs> about this article was where they are in this campus the only way in there is through secure using their security passes yes, and those sorts of that's things. interesting yeah so why would they reenact even if okay let's say they're acting it out right why would they reenact something if they weren't filming it themselves or filming it at all you've got yeah you've got someone filming it from the office or wherever they are and it could potentially be someone that's associated with them and and it was made to look like that but the fact that they all obviously work there because they have access into the yes, facility. That straps in the report. Why the would they risk their their jobs to reenact something like that? It's my thoughts on it. And why was this guy <coughs> staring there with a camera <coughs> videoing and happened to be capturing this at the exact moment? I mean plenty of people come along <coughs> afterwards and get photos and footage which actually doesn't really show a lot. It just shows a bit of an aftermath, but he's actually got a, you know. I think I think what shows credence to this potentially, and I'm not saying it's real, but just to counter that is the fact that it's not showing them walking up to this where they're already there when the footage is starting. So it's like maybe he's seen it, grabbed a camera, and started. We don't know. Like they could have been there for ten minutes before before the footage starts. Um, That's not me saying that. I think it's real, by the way. That's so. How do we? And I guess the article does say as well that it was a staged. <clears throat> the CERN spokesman says yeah the yeah. spokesman from there who um when i'm not sure who the spokesman is but basically they have basic they basically said they have the scientists and they've said they're probably scientists if they've got like you said if they've got the security passes to get on site has let their humor go too far but the CERN spokesman has also said the investigation underway is an internal matter, so they're probably not going to release any names or any further info related to that. So, you know, if they, if they do find out who it is, we're, we're probably not going to find out ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Hoax yeah. or not, we're probably not going to find out any more information direct from CERN But itself. usually with a hoax... <clears throat> that they'd want to let that... Yeah, that's and, right. 
And people are taking that. People are claiming that. Well, if they don't want things to be known, why are they doing that? You know, that if if they don't, they've straight up said this is not the type of things we want the scientific institute to be related to. They would want to basically point the finger and say this is who did it. Let's get them to say why they did it. But instead, we're probably not going to know anything else. Which yeah. a lot of people are saying maybe these some of these scientists are into some of this really dark stuff, and we're trying something that's related to one of their experiments that they're trying to enact out there. <clears throat> Taking this a little bit further, <laughs> there was another link that says that they have finally found the identity of the person who filmed it and he has turned up dead. Really? <clears throat> now, yeah, no, don't get too excited because the guy who posted the video was not the one who filmed it. So basically when it was originally filmed, CERN had it taken down or someone had it taken down off of YouTube, but people had cloned it and now it's up several times. Yep, yep. One of the guys that put it up where it's got most of the views, um, one of the newspapers, one of the media outlets approached him for an interview. He refused to give them one, but they said they got one in anyway. And they kind of stitched together this story about the, the deceased person being found just on comments on the YouTube video. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, there's no kind of factual information. Yeah, okay. that. So, if you see that side of things, but <laughs> well, we don't know, he might be dead. But, you know, that's come from YouTube. I just thought that was interesting. And this isn't the first time that scientists have done strange things. Like, there's... A lot of them have a lot of um, strange... I don't know if they're superstitions, but they have rituals when they're doing things. Wearing certain clothes, you know, your lucky clothes when yep. there's a thing. So, a lot of sites are chalking it up as that kind of thing. But... Wearing a lucky shirt for like a Mars landing or eating, you know, um, peanuts while your rocket's taking off because you think it's good luck or whatever is a lot different to eight people coming together and acting a human sacrifice in front of a Hindu deity at, you know, a nuclear Shiver research well. facility. Yeah. That's what I find interesting that, that there's that particular statue there. Yeah, the Indian government has said, well, this ain't cool. What, what, what's going on here? Yeah. That, that was donated by, you know, India like a decade ago and... Yeah, this is happening in front of there. So they're not too tickled by that whole aspect of things, yeah. Amazing. But, Weird shit. But, do, but what do you, do you reckon this is more than just some <laughs> student? Well, not students, but scientists having a bit of fun or maybe doing something ritualistic fun, just having a bit of fun on campus? Or do no, you I think, think there's more to there's it? More to it. <laughs> you think the, the, some of these people might... Like, scientists are humans too. Just because they've got their degree, their PhD, doesn't mean that they're not interested in other things. We've got a very good friend who's, you know, in the science who's yep. also into those darker things. So we do know that. So maybe there's a group of these scientists that are really into these dark, shadowy, occult-type things. What else have they done is what I want to know. Oh, yeah. That too. What else? Any, then there's only an issue on this one because this one was caught on film. Could be a daily occurrence or nightly occurrence. Imagine this is happening like everyone's just sitting there weighing at the gates now. It's like Area 51 trying to find the occultists at CERN, (laughs) trying to to get the footage. (laughs) Yeah, I I just I just thought that was interesting indeed. What how how are we going for runtime spills? We got time time for another quick one. All right, so the final one, and this just came through today or yesterday. Since recording this episode, it has come to our attention that the signal thought to possibly come from a distant sun may in fact have come from many different sources or a variety of different sources including those of terrestrial origin we're keeping our discussion in however just because it's fun Uh, i found this one incredibly interesting 
It's titled, Not a Drill, SETI, so the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. So SETI is investigating a possible extraterrestrial signal from deep space. And this isn't like a, this isn't like a signal of, oh, we got a, a random beep or whatever. They believe that the, um, the signal matches the profile for a intentionally transmitted message. Not only that, but this was actually discovered last year by Russian scientists who kept it secret from the international oh, wow. community. Now the international community is involved. They now reckon, yeah, they're going to um, do... Well, they're hoping to get permanent monitoring on that target star. So star's not even that far away. It's very similar to our own. They know of at least one planet, but it's a Neptune-like planet. But they reckon there could be other planets that we don't know about yet. Not yep. a lot of focus has been paid attention to star. And the type of... <clears throat> The type of transmission that it is, there's been theories, but the main theory states, and I don't want to get behind the science behind it, but if it is what this theory states, these guys are a lot more advanced than we are. Like, a lot. Okay. <laughs> like, immense amounts of power at their fingertips to be able to basically do an omnidirectional, just punch out. Well, that's the two theories. Either whatever this message or signal is, they've got either got a transmitter that's just punching it out 360 degrees in all direction, which would use an immense amount of power, yeah, yeah. or they know we're here and are sending a message direct here, which would not use as much power. So we don't obviously don't know. We still don't know if it's aliens or what, but it's got people very interested. And wow. this isn't from, uh, you know, this is from... I've, seen this on proper websites not pseudoscience this is like legitimate right. scientific you know type stuff so questions we could be meeting our international inter international intergalactic neighbors soon let's assume this is aliens for now just for the fun of it because we could right now say it's nothing we don't have anything to discuss if it's aliens, what what are we what are we hoping for here, guys? What's our what do you think's going to happen? What we've watched sci-fi movies. Hollywood has the uh, has the habit of putting the worst case scenarios on all of us, but somehow us humans always come together. The crop dusting drunken farmer takes out the UFOs in Independence Day, for instance. You know, <laughs> in all honesty, what's going on here? My thoughts, and I've heard it many times before. Like any. I mean, you look back in history when, you know, Christopher Columbus found America, when Captain James Cook found Australia. What's the first oh, thing? Oh, shit, they this isn't good in. for us. <laughs> they wiped out. They pretty much wiped out the inhabitants. Yeah. So if there's aliens coming, yeah. coming to another planet, they're going to fucking wipe us out. Yeah, their, their first question is going to be, do you have any water? We're going to say yes, and then we're fucked. <laughs> Something like that, you I reckon? Mean, look, look at history. I mean, I hope they speak English. <laughs> Let's hope they don't have human traits. Well, if they don't speak English, they can use Google Translate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Well, I, well, I reckon that they probably will. Um, you know, when we think aliens, if we don't go once again think about greys and reptilians and all that kind of stuff that people talk about, when when you think aliens, do you, do you automatically think? Human bipedal can move things oh. with fingers, operate, could you know, computers or something. Yeah, exactly. Or it could be bacteria, could be a blob. So that's right. I, that's what I'm interested in. If it is alien, I'm interested to see what kind of aspect that life takes. Is it? Is it? 
is what we have here and what on our planet is that kind of a blueprint that exists everywhere because that's just the way it works or maybe and have we evolved ours to this point yeah exactly and they've evolved differently are they beyond us you know um yeah, if they had similar uh, histories. Well, they, they might, Do they have religion? You know, there's yeah. so many they questions. They might come in peace, shoot to kill, if shoot to kill. Advanced, they, <laughs> yeah. If they're that advanced, they don't have religion. <laughs> oh, Spills is laying it down. Spills laying it down. Okay. okay. Interesting. But, well, it I think... It could be a good thing. I just think... I mean, look at us now, right? We're, we're looking at Mars. We're looking at having an expedition to Mars. <laughs> in 20 when is it 2025 or whatever Mm. it is those sorts of things you know if we you know say with all the the trips to mars of late and the rover and all that sort of stuff if we got to mars and we came across something that was (coughs) potential that could potentially be hostile towards us being humans we'd kill it oh yeah do you know what i mean so they know we're coming So think about that. They're coming to our they're coming to our planet, you know, to explore. We're potentially hostile. What are they gonna do? They're gonna fuck us up. Well remember they remember are. I know it was maybe last year we were talking about that on the podcast about the scientist that was tracking that bird for something like three years, that rare bird that's ever been photo- yeah. photographed and they photograph it, next thing they do is kill it yeah. <laughs> to study exactly it. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, let's hope it's not it's a for grim. ash. For a sacrifice to the aliens. Do you know what, do what I hope happens? I hope they don't come here until after our manned Mars mission happens because, they, you know, these guys are off on their one-way trip to trip Mars or whatever yeah. and Earth gets wiped out and annihilated by aliens. They'll be the last human beings left out there. Pretty much. Maybe for only, for only one generation. For only one generation. But, you know, I, for one, welcome our new insect overlords. And, yeah, I'm happy to toil in your sugar caves. <laughs> <laughs> Kent Brockman, The Simpsons. Excellent. <laughs> Guys, have anything you want to add to that final story before we wrap up the show for another month? Scares the shit out of me. You, d- you know what? Like, would you be able to sleep at night if they were able to confirm that they all got two-way communications and you know it might take a long time i don't know you know it might take months or whatever for the signals to get to and from but you know yes we have contact this is who they are you'd be starting to lose some one hand i'd be excited because you know something that to this day has never been proven all of a sudden like the paranormal for example Mm. if tomorrow we wake up and it was 100 percent proven that ghosts or whatever do exist well then so there's that excitement but it scares the shit out of me because all through time you know i'm gonna do i'm gonna start you're right with what you say i'm gonna start a i'm gonna start a business chassis belts for the bum hole just in case just in case the probing People will be worried about that. They're going to be worried about that. If we can peddle that kind of paranoia, we can make a lot of money off this. pro-proof underwear. Why not? We'll do something. Give it a go. I know they're advanced civilization. sell lube? That'll be be the other line. That'll be be for those that just don't care. They'll just give in. But yeah. um, All right. Well, that's pretty much the end of this show. We'll we'll leave it there um, inappropriately as we always do. Oh, just a quick recap. What's in Tarn's box last time? It was a rabbit's foot. This time, we don't know what it is. Um, no what are the three clues very quickly? There's three clues very quickly. 
Getting my phone back out again. Yep. Um, ah, symbol found on a flag. Yes. Gorilla <laughs> Homeland. Yes. And Ozzy has one and Kelly has two. Yeah, and, and take your guess based on those comments or use your psychic intuition of try to work out what is in Tarn's box and post the comment either where you see this podcast or email the email address that you'll see there as well. Life after death, consciousness continues. What did you think about that article and what was your question about it? I can't even remember. If you had a bad near-death experience... Would you tell your loved one of that experience? Yeah. And Vampire wishes just to be left alone. If you lived a a fringe lifestyle such as that and were looking to, you know, take the take the low low road, fly under the radar, would would you be going out there putting interviews out with the newspapers and basically letting everyone know who you are? Human sacrifice at CERN. What do you guys reckon? Do you reckon this was just scientists having a bit of a play around, pranking? Do you think it's a little bit more than that? And finally, not a drill. SETI is investigating a possible extraterrestrial signal. Are you worried? Are you excited? Is it confirmed? Is it confirmed? Well, SETI. No, it's not confirmed, but they're looking at it. They're doing further monitoring. But are you concerned? Would Would you purchase my uh butthole chassis pants or some lube i don't know (laughs) but yes let us know your comments on all those things until next time i'm ashley hall i'm spilios zagopoulos i'm glad you said your name i'm tarn mcintosh and yeah see you in about a month's time everyone